I want to take a few minutes here is all, and we'll try to get you out of here a little, maybe more than a few minutes, uh, to talk a little bit about what we just saw. You see, what, what we do at Hume, uh, we are a Christian camp. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that. It is in our name, Hume Lake Christian Camps. If you got here and you're like, it's a Christian camp, what? Gotcha, right? Uh, can't leave. We're an hour and a half from somewhere. So, uh, But look, we're, we're here. We're, we're going to have a blast. We have we have an amazing staff that, that want to pour into you and just have a good time. And that's what the wreck is all about. Uh, just getting you to hang out and just f- have fun together. You got an amazing staff that came up with you. Counselors, can you stand up for me real quick if you're a counselor in the room? These counselors are here not to be your best friend. Let's make that clear. We've asked them. They're not here to be your best friend. They're here to help point you to Jesus. That's what they're here to do. They're going to they're going to listen. They're going to talk with you. They're not going to force anything on you. They're here to talk to you. Another group of people I absolutely want to introduce you to cuz I don't just say this. I I absolutely believe this is this one of the, a core thing about Hume. We exist to point people to Jesus. That's what we do. We exist to tell people about Jesus and help you grow in your relationship with God. But one of the ways we do that is we love partnering with the local church. See, when you leave here, you don't just, you can't stay at Hume. You just can't unless you come back and work. And even then, you got to get out of here, right? So it's only a summer kind of gig for most people. Um, But youth pastors, these are the people you're going home with. These are the people are pouring into you, not just for one week, but hopefully the rest of your lives. And I say that because that's how much they care about you. They don't get paid a lot of money. I don't know if you know that. They do it because they care. Youth pastors, could you stand up for me real quick? Men and women that stood, thank you for what you do. If you don't know that youth pastor, the person in charge of your church, go up and say hi. Introduce yourself to them. Let them buy you a milkshake. Good? All right, here we go. This theme, what we do at Hume, we want to talk quickly kind of about what we do. We want to have a good time, and we believe not only outside, but inside of this chapel, we want to dive into God's Word, and we want you to get excited about God's Word because this book changes lives in a radical way. So what we've done is we've taken a theme out of the Bible, this guy named Elijah, and we we, we prayed over it as a staff, we talked to youth pastors last year, and we just believe strongly that God was just pointing us to this guy in the Bible. And this concept that we're walking through, this idea is to proclaim God's truth in, in an ungodly culture. What would it look like to proclaim God's truth in any culture? Whether it's a godly culture, ungodly culture. When we look at Elijah, he's in the midst of a nation that is doing things that are not at all the way God wants it to be. Here's, uh, here's our theme verse that I want to just take a minute, minute to, to read through. It's uh, 1 Kings 18, 36 says this, At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, 
Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. I have done all these things at your command. Answer me. O Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Would you pray with me as we, uh, as we begin here? Father, my heart is just, it's so, it really is so full of joy that our friends have finally showed up. We've been waiting for them. And you brought each one of them here, whether they know it or not. There's things you want to say to them, and I pray that they're simply open to hearing about who you are, God. May you go before us, not just tonight, but all week, God. May you go before us and may you get us ready to hear what you want us to hear. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So let's, let's talk about this theme a little bit. You see, we chose this story for a lot of reasons. We'll get into it throughout the week, but I just think you're going to dig it. This concept of a dude living his life out to proclaim God's truth in the midst of ungodly culture. We decided to uh, put it in a genre of farm animals. And, uh, you know, as we started playing around, it really was a joke. It was a joke with our program staff as we started talking about it. We're like, oh, but we could do this. Oh, what about this? What about this? Oh, we could do this. And all of a sudden we were like, "Uh uh-oh. We just found an amazing theme. And all of a sudden, every other theme just wasn't as good as what we thought. We we believed that God was just kind of handing to us. And it was such a, a weird thing to have a conversation about. But the thing that really just fired us up about this is we're telling this story of Elijah in our devotion times. Well, we've written out some devotions in your little booklets. Take those. Open up your your Bible tomorrow morning. Take some time. Maybe tonight in your cabins. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one right in the back. Go see one of the, the team that has that little bag that says lead. We'll get you a Bible. It's yours. Take it. You're welcome. All right? We want you to read the Bible. We want you to bring that book so you could, uh, your little booklet, you could take some notes. We want you to Take a Bible and read it so you can actually start to understand God's word a little bit. But as we, as we looked at the story of Elijah, we decided let's do some devotions out of it. Let's, uh, let's have our speakers. You're going to meet them tomorrow. They're going to be on the stage talking about this book of Elijah or this, this guy Elijah. We've, we've made uh, this video that you've seen. And you will continue to see if you've never been to Hume. Every night you're going to see a part of this story start to unfold. And then, of course, this crazy thing that you saw, the idea is that's the start of this. And we just simply want you to be open to hearing maybe something that God wants to tell you tonight. So this idea of bingo, it it comes out of this guy Elijah, and our character in the story, our Elijah character is bingo. He's the farm dog. One of the things that sold us on this concept is when we started telling stories, it's really hard to make a movie about God. It just is. 
especially an Old Testament story on God because it's hard to make that a character. When you start to get in New Testament, like those that were here last year, you can make Jesus a pirate. That's great, right? That works. Somehow we made it work. This year, it's a little hard, though, because God in the Old Testament, there's not a, a physical being. It's this presence that's around. And read your Bible. It's amazing. So how do you, how do you put that in a, in a form? And we came up with this concept, and I love it. And maybe you don't love it, but I got a mic, so shut it. Here's the thing that I love. Is in our story, on a farm, who is our, who is our God character? The farmer. And that might not be a big wow to you, but it just made my job a whole lot easier as we're telling the story. Because the thing I love about a farmer on a farm, no matter how much the rooster thinks he's the farmer, he can never and will never be able to be a farmer because only the farmer can be the farmer. No matter how much any of these animals on the farm say, ah, today, I think I could be the farmer, think all you want. Make no mistake about it, you can't ever be the farmer. And that's the first thing we started thinking about. That's why we loved this theme. We pick up here in, in chapter, really, 16 of 1 Kings. And we're introduced to this guy named Ahab. And you see, the nation of Israel is called God's people. And you read it throughout the Old Testament uh, that, that God is just, he loves this people. They're his people. And they want a king, and he's like, yeah, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be your guy. I'll, I'll be the one who calls the shots. And we're like, yeah, there's other nations around us. They have kings. We want kings. And he's like, all right, I'll give you a king. But that's not what I want for you. I want, I want you to be different. I want you to be set apart. They're like, yeah, we want to just kind of be like everybody else. And he allows that to happen. And there's some good kings, and there's a, a good time in Israel's history where these kings are all about serving the Lord. And it starts with the king, because leadership is important, right? And it starts with this king, and the king is devoted to the Lord, and he has a heart after the Lord. And, and Israel is thriving, and everything is going okay. And we, we see that played out a little bit this, uh, this, in this opener. Maybe you didn't notice that. But when the farmer's in charge and it's his farm, life is good on old Mac's farm. Because this is the way life was intended to be. With God in the right place in our life, everything is good. Confetti, right? It's good. I thought there'd be more there, but I guess it's on you. Thanks for stealing that. Until the she-fox rolls in. And all of a sudden, things change on the farm. And something very similar happens in chapter 16 where this guy Ahab becomes king. And it says in 16 of 1 Kings, Ahab is one of the worst kings, if not the worst king in Israel's history. And one of the worst things he does is is he brings Jezebel, who's outside of the farm, this wild animal, right, this fox. This fox doesn't belong on this farm. He brings somebody outside, and they come in, and what do they do? Well, Jezebel, she doesn't worship Yahweh. She doesn't worship 
God of Israel, right? She worships some other false God. And all of a sudden, she brings in this other false God into the nation of Israel. And all of a sudden, the nation of Israel, which we read in 16, all start to worship Baal. Another thing that sold us on this theme is this idea of if God on our farm is a farmer, what a perfect, perfect representative of Baal, a cheap imitation of a farmer, we got a scarecrow. This thing that literally does nothing. Yet all of this animals, all of this farm starts to, man, this is awesome. And they start to see things that this thing can sing and dance. And it's like, what are you, am I taking crazy pills? Like, nothing's happening here. And what we're going to start to see in this video is they start to forget about the farmer and they trade the farmer in for an absolute cheap imitation. One that does absolutely nothing for them. And as Jezebel was singing her little song up here, she says, all you got to do is give him your milk, give him your eggs, and he'll love you all your days. Because it's all about Farmer Bill. And she starts to sway the people away from the true farmer. Until, and the same thing happens in 16, read it. Until Elijah walks on the scene. This guy we don't know a lot about. Chapter 17 of, uh, of 1 Kings, verse 1 says this, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilad said to Ahab, As the Lord, you, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. You see, Elijah is a, a prophet of God. And, and the prophet's role in the New Te- or in the Old Testament is a fascinating one. They're one that li- their job is to, to speak on behalf of God. That's the role of a prophet, one who speaks on behalf of God. And we think prophet nowadays, and we're like, oh, they, they, they're fortune tellers, and they, they predict the future. And some of them did a little bit. We believe it's because God was speaking through them. But their job, it's such a misconception that that's all that they did, that, you know, they were crazy people, fanatical people that just yelled a lot and always tried to pick fights in the Old Testament with people. That's not, that's not the right way to look at it. You see, these guys were, were people that spoke on behalf of God, and they had a passion for God and longed for the day that Israel would have that same kind of passion back for God. And if they saw something that was going against what God wanted, they stepped in. That was their job. And so you saw that even played out. Jezebel's like, oh, you poor little puppy. I bet you're here to scare us away from the big bad wolves. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I do. I'm the, I'm the loyal farm dog. What I do, I, I, wherever the farmer goes, man, I'm right there. We love that picture of bingo. We love that picture of a dog that's just so loyal and is always there wherever the farmer goes. That's where bingo wants to be. And as things aren't right on the farm, 
Dingo's got to put a stop to it. What we wanted to do the rest of that opener and kind of the rest of the tonight is focus on that one little verse in 17, 1. Elijah, this prophet we don't know much about from a town that probably a lot of us don't know much about. He comes on a scene and says, no more rain. And he walks out. And if you don't know the story and you don't know much about Baal, maybe that doesn't make sense to you. Baal is this fertility god. And as people would worship Baal, they would do certain things where were relatively detestable in order to hope that they please Baal. And if they please Baal enough, maybe enough, if they do enough to please him, then maybe rain will come. Maybe. Because he's the God of fertility. He's the only one that brings rain. And so Elijah walks in and says, good, good. Um, your God, your false God here, he's the one who brings rain. Okay, you pray, you do whatever you want. I'm telling you, it's not going to rain until Yahweh, until God, the God of Israel, this God says so. And he drops the mic and he walks away. In our story, we decided instead of it being rain, we wanted to do something in opposition of what Baal does. In the Bible, Baal brings rain, and God puts a stop to rain. Well, in our story here, we got this scarecrow. That's to, his job is to do what? Scarecrows. That's it. I don't know much about farming, right? I just know that. That's it. That's its only job. You scare birds away, right? That's your job. And so instead of scaring away the crows, what you saw is all the crows came. He's supposed to protect these animals because that was the promise. If you do all these things, he'll keep away the crows. He'll protect you. He'll love you. And we're going to see he can't do any of those things. We wanted to talk about that little verse here in 17 because as Elijah walks on this scene to Israel, what was going through his mind? Because all it says is this guy from a place most of we us don't even know about says to the king, it's not going to rain. And then he rolls out. And I'm like, what, what, what did you say? So we took some liberty there. Because I can only imagine Elijah walking onto the scene of God's people doing things they shouldn't be doing. And he had the, the courage to bark, right? To, to stand up. I'm not saying we yell. But he had the courage to finally say something. And as there was this idea and this concept of, why can't you just let us live our lives? Because that's not love. We're going to learn that even in the midst of this idea of, oh, you're going to cry, you poor little baby. He finally has the courage still to stand up alone in the midst of so many other people wanting to do other things and worship this fake and false God. He stands up in this and says some pretty intense words. Who, who do you think is in control? This thing? 
this, this God you call a fraud. That you have disrespectfully placed on the farmer's land. I mean, seriously. When is somebody going to tell me the punchline to this joke? You have replaced or you put cheap happiness in a spot reserved for full joy. Joy that comes only from the farmer and the farmer alone. So again, I ask, who do you think is in control? Because I imagine as Elijah walks on the scene, it's like, what what is happening in this place? And he says, you you want this? Well, you get it. And you get the consequences as well. Good luck. See, there's so many amazing things about God that I'm unbelievably blown away with. One of the things that I've been learning over and over and over, the older I get, the more I'm blown away with this concept that scares me so much out of Romans chapter 1. This idea of if given enough time, God will give you exactly what you want. And that terrifies me. Because if I want a life without him, he'll give it to me. He's not going to force himself on you. But make no mistake, he's not going to share his place in your life with anything. You want to put something in this place? Okay. Good luck. My God created those things. They're not going to satisfy And Elijah has the courage to stand up and actually proclaim God's truth in the midst of an ungodly culture. This summer, this is what we're talking about. Through the help of our devotions, as we open up our Bibles together, as we come in here and we, uh, we get together and we have an awesome band that's coming and hanging out and leading us through worship, through music. As we hear from our, our speaker up here this, this week, as you have cabin times together with your counselors that just stood up, that are taking vacation time for most of them to be up here. Because they want to hang out with you. We've got our youth pastors that they work so hard and they're not thanked a lot. And they're amazing people, amazing people. They don't do it for the thanks from you. They do it because they believe God has called them to proclaim God's truth. summer we hope you're rocked we have been rocked as a staff you know uh second corinthians says this it's interesting and um second corinthians uh in in, in ephesians uh six as well kind of talks about this idea of uh, us as christ followers those in this room those that are in this room that are christ followers that uh we're we're called to proclaim god's truth we're called god's ambassadors now, I know there's some of you that don't have a relationship with God in here. And look, I, I, I don't just say it because I work at Hume and this is something that I have to say. I am so passionate about what I'm saying with this statement. I am so, so glad that you're here. 
I'm so glad wherever you're at in your relationship with God, whether you have one or you don't, all I want this week is you to be truthful. That's it. Don't put on an act. If you don't know who God is, okay. Could I ask you just to ask questions? The God I'm talking about, he doesn't force himself on you. We will not trick you this week. Tricking you to raise your hand and all of a sudden, yeah, I have Jesus, yay. That, that is not belief in Christ. We're not going to manipulate. All we want to do is have a conversation. All we want to do is talk what we believe is absolute truth. And you'd ask questions. Ask. If your counselors don't know it, go to your youth pastors. They know everything. They, you, might, you might trip them up a little bit. We, we, can't, we, don't, we, we can't explain everything because guess what? God is so big. I don't want a God that I can completely understand all the ins and outs. He's, he's created everything around us. I don't know how that works. You know what else I don't know how that works? Lights. I don't know how they turn on. I don't know, how to, I don't know nothing about motorcycles. I have one sitting in my house. I don't want nothing about it. If anybody knows how to fix them, seriously, come talk to me. It doesn't mean I don't love riding my motorcycle. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with God, can you just be honest and be open to ask? If your heart has just kind of been broken and you feel distant from the Lord, okay. Can you just be open to hearing what God wants to do? Can we try not to make emotional decisions this week, even though when we meet the living God, we make emotional things because he's an emotional God. He's the God who created our emotions. Let's try to take emotion out of it because it's not about emotion. It's about truth and understanding that. So if you don't have a relationship with God, thanks for being here. If you have a relationship with God this as you're coming in or at the end of this week, which is the hope as we proclaim to you God's truth. We're called God's ambassadors, God's representatives. We, we go out and we proclaim his truth because that's what we're called to do. And I, I wonder if uh, some of us have to actually start acting like that. Like his ambassadors, those that speak on behalf of God. We're excited about this theme. Let me pray for us. God, as we're closing out tonight, thank you for your truth. Thank you for uh, your words, and thank you for Elijah, a guy who didn't always get it right, and we're going to see that. But he had the courage to stand up and proclaim your truth. Thank you for him. Thank you for in Scripture saying that he's one just like us, that we can be that, we should be that. Those in this room that call themselves your followers, we are called to do that, to speak your truth. Thanks for our friends here that might not have a relationship with you. May you just uh, allow them to be open. Those that are, God, thanks for bringing them here. And may this just be a time of remembering a right view of who you are. God, our youth pastors that are here, thank you for them.
May you continue to give them wisdom as they, as you're guiding their youth groups and give them words to hang out and speak truth in the lives of students. It's in your name we pray. Amen.